This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Over 215 members of their own conference. <clears throat> their conference voted overwhelmingly, 85%, for McCarthy to be speaker. So this is a fight between a handful of people and the entire rest of the conference. And they're saying they have the right to screw up everything. Well, the precedent that sets is so do the moderates. Uh, so do the members from Florida. I mean, any five people can get up and say, I'm now going to screw up the conference, too. The choice is Kevin McCarthy or chaos. Which is it going to be? We're supposed to find out later uh, today. Newt Gingrich surviving the frog there to be able to get his thoughts out, saying, hey, you've got these five people. And he's referring to five specific lawmakers. And they are most notably Matt Gates, Republican from, uh, from Florida, as a matter of fact. Uh, Matt Gates coming out of a meeting, and he's being hounded by a reporter. Not the best audio, but you get the gist. He's being asked, uh, and he had just gotten out of meeting with Kevin McCarthy. He's being asked, well, how are you going to vote? How are you going to vote? Discussion. You might vote for him tomorrow. You're not ruining it. Is it fair to say you're not ruining I'm a no. You're a no. Matt Gates saying, I'm a no. So are f- at least four other people are a hard no. Andy Biggs, Bob Good, Matt Rosendale, and Ralph uh, Ralph Norman. It was interesting. And I think that he, he'll go in, maybe not the first vote. Chris Farps doesn't think that he's uh, he's going to make it. But I, to me, the bigger thing is I stand back and look at what's happening. It's like, you know, the big red wave that we got in November, that the Republicans got big red wave. Like, hey, let's build on this momentum. Here's an opportunity to look past that red wave that didn't happen. And let's coalesce. Listen, they're, they're not doing it, man. Just simply not doing it. Blows me away. Um, that they just can't get it together. Welcome into the show. It's Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Stephanie Bell, highlight uh, over the holidays. Uh, had a really fun New Year's Eve. Good. Lots of some friends over and lots Witnessed of fun. a high-speed police chase. Witnessed a high-speed police chase. And this was where in Jefferson City? On the way out to the mall. Way like, the passed them all out towards St. Martin's Saturday, about a little afternoon, maybe. Hannah? That what, was what? not a highlight. That was a little highlight. <laughs> That's scary and exciting. Yeah. I think adrenaline popping all at once. Hannah, what's been your highlight over the past couple of weeks? Uh, lots of time with family, yeah. lots of traveling. Um, we've started to ask our bridal party, like our wedding party, if they'll be in the wedding. So that's kind of been fun. Nice. Yeah. And everybody's saying yes, obviously. So far, fingers yeah. crossed. Has any has there ever been somebody to say no? Is anybody aware? Because that's like something you don't say no to. Like, oh, I can't that weekend. <laughs> I think lately weddings are getting so much more expensive that now, yeah. like bachelor, par- ba- you know, they expect you to travel for the for the bachelorette and then maybe mm-hmm. for the wedding too. And I think for financial reasons, there have been situations more recently where people are like, "Look, I'm just not in a position to afford all this." Right well, and now. I kind of felt a little anxious about asking. You know, two of the folks, mm-hmm. um, because so it, it, there's one person on my side and one person on my fiance's side, and they're a married couple, and they found out since we have decided we wanted them to be in the wedding that they're expecting a baby, oh. which is super exciting. But I was like, ooh, that's going to be a lot to throw at them all at once. Like they're going to have a little baby and they're going to be, you know, juggling and, our wedding things and, and the finances of both right. of those. Yeah. So, luckily, they said yes, but I did have a caveat of, like, I know you guys are going to have a lot going on, so I'm going to try to, you know, make this as easy for you as possible. Uh, do, oh, I'm trying to think how to word this so it doesn't sound like I'm being rude, because it's not my intent, especially as we're, how much, let me ask you this, is whatever you're comfortable with, like, 
how much does a wedding cost nowadays? Like, where are you at so far? And if you don't want to say, that's fine. But I'm just trying to, like, ballpark. You think by the time it's all said and done, what's going rate of a wet first? And I should... I'll throw it out. I would say $25,000 at least. Twenty five. Yeah. Twenty five. Yeah. How much was yours, you figure? I would Everything. say something about close to that, probably. No. I mean, right now, there's, like, 280 people on our guest list. Yeah, we fed, like, 300 people at a hotel. So, yeah, it's wow. it, it's up there. I would do things differently now. But, I mean, I've seen, so my sister's kind of at that age. She's gone to a lot of bachelorette parties. And back then, it was like, hey, do you want to go to the piano bar and drink? That was your bachelorette party. Yeah. And now, it's like, here's the itinerary. We're going out of town. You have yeah, to have a different matching. Doing that. You have a different matching outfit for every day. I mean, you'll lay out $1,000 or more for the bachelorette party in some of these things. And I'm thinking, who who has this kind of money for, you know? And then, if you're if you are in a big friend circle, to do it four or five or six times. Man. Yeah, I have seen lots of people have to go on those types of trips, and I've known for a very long time that I am yeah, not going yeah. to request yeah. that of my bridesmaids. Uh, one of the highlights for my holidays, not having to make wedding preparations. <laughs> Think about it, Marsh. What, what about you, bud? I don't know. Got yeah. obsessed with the NFL playoffs and all that, and then the, the monkey wrench thrown into it by the tragic story last night. Yeah, last night, uh, Monday Night Football, and I'm sure probably all of it, because this had a huge, uh, huge, uh, biggest game of the year. You've got first place team uh, AFC Central, and you got the Bills. They're in first place in their division, and playoffs in this game mattered to the Chiefs were not even a full quarter in. Cincinnati up 7-3. And uh, one of the Buffalo Bills players, uh, I guess, I didn't think that, you know, initially you see it doesn't look like the hit is that hard. But apparently, uh, DeMar Hamlin's still in critical condition this morning. He suffered cardiac arrest. They have postponed this game, which had massive implications on us, too, by the way, because it affects the playoff seating for the Chiefs and the Bills. Ultimately, though, DeMar Hamlin apparently in critical condition. Now, he had cardiac arrest. I don't know if I'm going to tell you something about Randy. Randy Tobler, host of the Randy Tobler Show, weekday afternoons, 4 to 6. Matter of fact, Stephanie and I, during my vacation last week, <laughs> came in twice uh, and, hung, and Stephanie and I did the Randy Tobler Show in the afternoon, which was kind of fun. We had a lot of fun and we heard from some folks who like to tune into the Randy Tobler Show are like, what are Brandon and Stephanie doing? And who listen to Wake Up are like, what are Brandon and Stephanie doing on in the afternoon? We were just having a bit of fun. Yeah, my fiance texted me on his way home from work and he's like, is there a glitch in the Matrix? <laughs> what is this? I'm, I'm so thrown off. Well, and I was hosting <laughs> the show, which was even more fun. It was really cool because Stephanie was played Randy, uh -huh. uh, and I played the other part, and it was just... I was kind of half expecting you to show up with, like, a wig and be like, I'm Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's that, and I didn't even think about this. So somebody, and I do want to get uh, move forward. So here's what we know about the, uh, the uh, this uh, DeMar Hamlin. Uh, right now, apparently, he's he's in stable condition. But the NFL, they canceled the game, and they don't know what they're going to do as far as making it up. We're at about this is the last week of the season. Final game's coming up this weekend. Yeah, what, it, what are they going to do? You know, extend the season a week? Push the Super Bowl back another? You know, there's some real questions here with playoffs looming large. And if this were happening under different circumstances... People would say, well, you know what, hey, and maybe the two teams would even opt to cancel their own games. Because, hey, end of the season, we've got a player damn near lost his life. We're not, you know what, let's just call it good. But there's playoff implications. And a lot of money riding on it. And a lot of money. 
Uh, and the Chiefs, obviously, because if the Chiefs and Bills both finish 13-3, and three, Bills get the number one seed, they get the bye, they get home field throughout uh, because they own the tiebreaker over the Chiefs. Cincinnati Bengals, by the way, they have a chance to get, I mean, it's just... Uh, could be in the number two slot. It's it's yeah. So there's a lot going on. Is uh, it, and if we do hear anything, uh, we will let you know. So Randy Tobler, I don't know if you know this about him. He's on weekdays four to six. Do you know he's also he's a doctor, like a full fledged doctor. So I was chatting with him this morning. Like, hey, Randy, like, is there? Because I I hear cardiac arrest. I, oh, he had a heart attack. So I asked uh, Randy. I'm like, uh, is this the same thing? Randy's explanation. Heart attack is a blockage of coronary artery cutting off blood supply to the region of the heart supplied by that vessel. Uh, arrest. So apparently, and I'm going to try to do the best I can to explain this so that we can understand. Your, your heart has an electrical rhythm. And when your electrical rhythm gets disrupted, uh, the pump stops and quivers or fibrillates without coordinated pumping. So it appears from what we know right now that apparently it appears from what's been reported that the hit on Hamlin happened at the electrically vulnerable millisecond window, which set off the arrhythmia. Does that make sense? I think Does that's that consistent sense? with what um, was speculated okay. by both Brian Houseworth and, and, and you know, I saw it on Twitter from people purporting to be doctors, and it's a condition called commodio cordis, and it's, um, according to the internet, involves young, predominantly male athletes, but does. It, it, it basically, it, it's got to happen, it's like at the exact right time, and it just kind of scrambles your heart rhythm, and it, it, it's a condition that's been around for a long time. It's rare. Obviously, because of the timing thing, but um, a lot of folks were speculating last night that it w- that that could be the issue. Uh, we had somebody, a listener, Matt says, "Hey, and you know, as we uh, hope this guy is is okay, because you saw it on TV. You saw the guy. He made a tackle, hard tackle, stands up, and just kind of does that wobbly, kind of falling backwards. Everybody saw it. Uh, and the listener, Matt says, "Hey, please give uh, give love to first responders this morning too." He says, "Because I've been in those situations when you show up and you're in a life saving situation." He says, "There's an unbelievable weight that comes with that because you." are fighting to save somebody's life and something like a slip of the wrist on a chest compression or not in sequence enough or not quick enough and the person could uh, could die. So thanks for reminding us about that. We got talking about refs. And I don't even know how we got here, but, oh, there's legislation that's been out there for a couple of years. Um, lawmakers uh, been pushing forward legislation, something that has to do with, like, high school and youth sports, the referees. Uh, in those and Stephanie's got school age kids. You you've seen some things. I have seen some things. Some things I wish I did not see. Uh, we've got uh, we getting some checks uh, this morning. One school, uh, and local schools. I mean, there's names out there like Jefferson City. Some of these in Jefferson City High School been blackballed by uh, officials due to behaviors of certain personnel there. Uh, another listener says, well, our school, it's a lot of times they are having to reschedule uh, games to Thursdays or Saturdays because officials, like a lot of folks right now, there's shortages. But officials, they go through abuse, which is fine in the pros, college, whatever. But 10-year-olds, man. Yeah. I mean, we, we witnessed a walkout this year in the middle, in the, you know, a close basketball game. And it was like five minutes left and the team 
didn't like a call. And it was just, okay, fine, we're leaving. Fans, coaches, players, everybody. That's crazy. It was crazy. I know uh, Sandy texted in and said, yeah, uh, my son had a bad call in uh, a wrestling tournament. And the coach said, you should have made sure you weren't like in that situation in the first mm-hmm. place, basically. And I think that, you know, if I... How do you explain that to a 10-year-old? Like, why did that team leave? Like, I don't understand. Mom, you always told me to, like, finish the games that I started and to, like, be a good sport. It's really hard. And and so I think as a coach, yeah, I mean, you know, I think a lot of these things bubble up when the game's really close. And so for the coach to put it back on the player and say, hey, look, guys, like, if, if we were winning by 10, like, people's tempers wouldn't be like this. So, like, let's just improve our play and kick these guys' butts and then don't worry about it, right? So, but it, it's it's hard to witness and hard to continue to want to do it and show up yeah. when you see this behavior because it, how do you parent through that? I, I, it's it's I really difficult. Like, well, it's generally not the kids initiating this. Oh, no, it's not. It's not. And, and so it flares up. But, but then again, you know, I've seen tempers flare and then I've seen the kids. There was another situation where the kids weren't necessarily enthused to do the hand clapping at the end, you know? And there were parents who were mad about it. And I'm thinking, do you think those kids learned that from each other? Or do you think they learned it from some of our own behaviors? And, you know, I, I, I'm i sure I've said things and done things, you know, that were unsportsmanlike before as well. I'm, I'm going to take part of the blame. I've never been kicked out of the game or anything. But we all, get, we all get heated. I just, you know, there are certain times where I'm Have sure... Have you yelled at refs while sitting in the stands oh, I don't, at local... No, local? no, no, I don't <laughs> yell at the refs. But, you know, I, you know so I, I pro- pour more probably at my children. Um... <laughs> Uh, I think Drew uh, tried to shoot the ball from like way outside the three point line. He's like ten and short. And I said, I think I said, are you kidding? Like, did you like really? Mom, did you think that you could actually make that? But anyway, you said that out loud, not afterwards in the car ride home. No, no, I said, said it out, out loud. loud. Like he knows better than that. And anyway, he drained it, right? <laughs> no, no. Uh, but this is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Hello, it's eight twenty-seven. Time for the morning bell business news with a little twist that only Stephanie Bell can give you. Well, futures are up this morning, but we can't do the morning bell without pointing out that stocks basically had their worst year. The Wall Street Journal was reporting on Friday their worst year since 2008. Uh, Not a good year on Wall Street. Um, Also, Biden was on vacation the last part of the year, and I think we know a couple things he did. He signed that federal spending bill. How how crappy was that? He's in Barbados or somewhere Mm -hmm. in the Bahamas. They flew the bill down to him at his posh vacation site. And he signed this spending bill while all of us are here paying three fifty nine for a can of progressive soup and paying high gas prices and worrying about the worst stock market in years. He's in the Bahamas signing bills. He is. He's also apparently reinstating this EPA rule that Trump tried to yeah. repeal. And it deals with uh, waters of the United States and how far the federal government can go to regulate waterways. Um, and Trump had repealed it, allowing you know farmers some more independence over their own lands. Um, and and uh, and Biden, quiet, the Biden administration quietly put that back in place uh, just at the end of the year. Um, interestingly, uh, it was let me see. And kind of the, the I think the gist, the feel I, I get for it, and I feel bad. I don't know how this is going to affect farmers here in mid Missouri. You look at what agriculture as a whole does for the Missouri economy, but kind of the. Uh, I guess to paraphrase what this one Republican said, this is like it it could give the government the right to regulate like 
puddles and trickles. It was of water. Congressman Doug LaMalfa from California, and he said uh, the federal government shouldn't have jurisdiction to regulate puddles, ditches, seasonal creeks, or culverts. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, you think about the the oh. regulatory burdens already on on farmers and what they're going through, and, and I think he's right. And so uh, Biden, uh, although it appeared he was on vacation, I mean, this is a substantial change and, and a big win for environmentalists and people who are trying to you know protect the environment. This is Wake Up Mid Missouri with Brandon Rathard. State rep still technically? Still technically state rep, still technically the chair of the House Elementary and Secondary Education Committee. Uh, Representative Chuck Basie went to uh, sign up to run for Columbia School Board. Uh, The deadline was December 27th, which obviously is in a week when a lot of people are on holiday. Um, He said he was debating it with his family over Christmas and finally made the decision. The statute says you have until the 27th to sign up. So he wasn't sure really before uh, that date. And he uh, checked in with Dr. Yearwood and said, hey, I want to sign up. And he said, "Okay, come to the board office tomorrow. Uh, Went to the board office. It was closed. He did talk with Dr. Yearwood. Dr. Yearwood said, oh, yeah, my mistake. I didn't realize the office was closed. And then pointed to a policy that said, hey, if you want to run for school board, we're going to be closed on the 27th. So you have to sign up like by the 22nd and make an appointment. And so the Columbia Public School Board said, yeah, nope, uh, because you didn't make an appointment first. You can't run. Of course, uh, Representative Basie said, hey, the statute says I can sign up today. So he called the Secretary of State and I believe the Attorney General. And he was directed over to the clerk's office, which uh, Representative Basie gave kudos to and said they were lovely and helped him fill out the paperwork and all that, you know, and were perfectly professional. Um, And so ended up filing with the Boone County clerk. I think the school district is still saying, yeah, that wasn't a valid uh, registration, a valid sign up. So he's still, according to them, not a candidate. So typically when you run for office, you go to the county or whatever. The clerk's office. Clerk's office. But with a school board race. You go to the school board office. Yeah. Uh, Which, man, that's incredibly tasty. I can imagine Chuck Basie on the Columbia Public School Board. (laughs) Seriously. Wow. Here's what I... So Yearwood, the superintendent of the Columbia Public Schools, said, oh, okay, Chuck, here's, here's what you have to do. And they've got... I don't know what the relationship is. I know they have had a lot of dealings. Well, Representative Basie had called for his resignation at one point. So, <laughs> so that's yeah. What the re- yeah. Uh, so he calls, So he talks to Yearwood. And Yearwood says, oh, oh, here's what the superintendent of the Columbia Public School District. Here's what you need to do. So now, Chuck Basie taking action based on what he's been told by the superintendent of, what are we, we're a pretty large school district. Fourth or fifth largest. Fourth or fifth in Missouri. Yeah, it's, it's, so you're, it's growing. The superintendent tells you that, and you go, okay, I'm going to do this, and now a lot of confusion. We don't have anything new. Remember, this is the same superintendent who, on this very show, uh, refused to answer questions about CRT until we finally pressed him. Same guy. This is the same guy Chuck called. That's the same guy who was on our show and what I think was one of the most epic conversations we've ever had on this show and uh you know i will have an update for the morning on wake up mid-missouri with brianna lennon and basically it there's it is it's confusing um but that's all i'm gonna it's confusing brianna lennon basically is saying it it really boils down to cps but jay ashcroft says it, it boils down to her in the end it's probably going to end up in the court system but wouldn't you want to be a fly on the wall in the phone conversation between cps and brianna i mean because she is a you know no nonsense 
kind of lady. She runs a professional office. She does that. And I'm sure CPS is putting the pressure on her, like, deny, you know, because they're both on That's the left. What, yeah. Right. And so I think she she has a mandate to follow the law. And I think she's going to do that. Um, but I would be it would be hard if you were in that position, uh, both on the same side of the aisle, but knowing that CPS probably wants nothing other than to deny Chuck Basie the right to be on the ballot. But the ultimate thing she has to go by is the law. Right. And the state law specifically says you can file up until 5 p.m. However, in CPS's case, they said he needed to make an appointment. He had not made an appointment. Ashcroft, Ashcroft all but said that, that the, basically CPS's policy or any policy can't contradict state law. He put it back on Brianna, though. Brianna, to me, and she sent me something. I'll have it for the morning is saying ultimately it's going to be CPS. So I, I know there's still work going on, um, but who knows? And we really won't know until the next Columbia School Board meeting what's going to happen. And I, regarding the specific uh, clip that we were highlighting from Secretary of State's Jay Ash, uh, Ashcroft's visit here on the show last week, I want to play since we're all kind of saying Ashcroft said this. I want to make sure I'm playing at least this in its entirety. Whatever their policy is, mm-hmm. it cannot conflict with state law so um if someone is questioning whether or not the policy is effective you're going to have to see look at whether or not it contradicts state law and the the background on that to set that soundbite up is that he made those comments on wake up mid-missouri of course here on the on our stations basically what he's saying is the state law state law gives you up until 5 p.m to file and the state law doesn't say anything in there about... Except you know, if it's a school board race or something like right, that. Right, exactly. Yeah. You have until 5 p.m. So, he, uh, you know, from his perspective, he's, uh, he you know, yeah. but he put it back on Brianna also. He <laughs> said she's going to be the one that makes the decision. He was confident she would make the right decision. And I think Brianna, she's always done... I mean, she's always had the respect of Mr. Ashcroft, and she's had our respect. I don't care what letters behind her name. She gets the job done. She says what she's going to do, and she does what she said she was going to do. So I've always had respect for her. Now, before we move forward, everybody, when you go to the, uh, specifically, uh, Boone County Government Office, you know, you walk in and you got the, you can pay your taxes off to the right. You got the assessor <laughs> off to the left. You go back and there's uh, Brianna's uh, office. I like to pop in and say hello from time to time when I'm, you know, doing things like going and paying my taxes. I want to say this. I think Housworth and I, and I always have this experience with, with uh, people in Boone County Tax Office, the assessor's office, and the people I give my money to. They are, it's never fun paying taxes. Why are you paying those taxes? Well, because I own this vehicle, so you have to go pay the taxes on, blows me away still, but it's not the fault of the person behind the window taking my money. And they, every year, man, in the thick of it, they do a great job. Welcome into Wake Up Mid-Missouri on 93.9 The Eagle at 104.5 News Radio 950 KWOS. Uh, Brian Howlsworth, Stephanie Bell, producer Hannah, John Marsh hanging out with us too. Yes, sir. My name is Brandon Rath. There's something we can do for you, 874 uh, 9390. Uh, One of the things Columbia Public School District does do well. <laughs> Stop it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but. Ooh. But. Yikes. Seriously. Come on, you guys. <laughs> they, uh, with the high schoolers and getting them into more opportunities where they can maybe learn some stuff or get school. If they're not planning on going to college, I think Columbia Public School District, they do that really well. And the other thing that they do really well, well, they do that pretty well. I they have, haven't you said before <laughs> that they 
provide resources for homeless teens. For the kids, for homeless yeah. families. They do that very well, too. Yeah. In the, and you're talking about the Columbia Area Career Center, of course. Yeah. And you're talking yeah. About the, so the, they do which, that, yeah. Which they, they're doing a big renovation right now because yeah. of the bond issue. Um, you know what, Jefferson City Schools, and I, I'm not comparing, but I just, as we look at local school districts across here, because we've had some schools, uh, Marsha Shear, there were changes at several of our locals, significant changes. Yeah, they've, they've had some challenges, and they also had sort of, sort of mindset changes, I think, too, don't yeah. you? Uh, yeah, and JC Schools, you know what they're doing well? Test scores. Yeah, their test scores are up, aren't they? Yeah. Um, which is cool because it, it seems too often when we've talked about school districts and the, the test scores. And listen, prior to the government pandemic that started in the fall of 2020, when people said, well, you got to yank kids out of school. We got to keep them home. There were, there were a group of very smart, insightful people that were saying, okay, let's think about this for a minute. You want to stop the spread of something that's whatever you want to call it, like a cold, not like a cold, especially has very little effect on kids. And we take them out of classes, take them away from their friends, take them out of their social circles, keep them in the house all day long. In their formative years, when they're a kid, is that going to do more harm than good? What? How are they going to perform academically with this? And we've seen, we've reported on too many local school district test scores down, test scores down. And you, if you're looking at a graph, uh, you can see, okay. Uh, it's 2019, everybody's sailing along all nice and smooth, and then the government pandemic of 2020 hits, and you can see test scores invariably at just about every single school district, uh, except Jefferson City. Yeah, but look at these graphs. They're crazy looking. Like, if you go to the government one, and it says state average in Jefferson City, if you didn't see the left-hand side, I'm going to use my Jeff City High School education, if you didn't look at your at the side of here, you would see that it looks like maybe we got 40% and they got, or we got 90% and the state average was 40. Can you read those things on the side? Uh, oh, you want me to do that right so now? So it, it like Sorry. our bar, our, you were our bar okay. looks at it like, so the state average looks at it like it's at, at 40% and the other bar is about twice as large. It looks like it, you would guess oh, 90%. The, yeah. And what it's showing is the state average was about 40 and ours was 46. But it looks <laughs> like we're double. If you've ever studied uh, statistics. How some, to lie with statistics. It's a great book. Yeah. How to lie with <laughs> statistics. And, we're not lying because we did do better right. than the state average. But this makes it look like we did way better in some of the inner circles, there's an act. You, we've, we hear that phrase: "We're got, we got to crunch the numbers." It, 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 some uh, some uh, folks that do stats and all that for a living, they what they have done with this graph here, actually, uh, and I hadn't noticed. Thanks for pointing that. Is they have almost literally they call this literally crunching the numbers. <laughs> Here's why: so you got a graph that's twice as big as the one next to it. It's double. It looks more than double. It looks like we more than doubled the state average. But Not they true. <laughs> crunched those numbers. So yeah. th the variety in the numbers doesn't, uh, it's not that big. Crunch but, the numbers. But kudos to Jeff City for improving yeah. their test scores. That's a good thing. Yeah, and hopefully everybody um, everybody gets back on track. Because I get tired of saying, I did. we told you so. We've had to replace it with a new. Because we don't like, listen, well, that's the attitude. We don't like to have that attitude here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Told you so. But when we talk about all these things, for example, okay, well, if you raise the minimum wage, here's what's going to happen there. Uh, we said that years ago. We see that. Okay, if you let Joe Biden president, here's what's going to happen. And that's all happening. And if you keep kids out of school, 
uh, here's what's going to happen. It's all happening. We hate to we don't like to say we told you so. So we've actually we've come up with a new phrase. Okay, so all the kids test scores. Jefferson City School seems to be an exception. Uh, test scores for most schools since the government pandemic of 2020 are down. Hate to say we told you so. So instead we just say, duh. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. All right, a couple of things we didn't get a chance to get to during the uh, during the show. Leftovers, we do it every morning right about this time before we get into my dad's my dad's favorite show. My dad listens. St. Louis, he gets online, 939theeagle.com. And I think he uh, has downloaded the app. You can get onto the website, kwos.com, 939theeagle.com. And actually, by going through the website, you can download the app onto your smartphone that way. And that way, you have us wherever you are. And you can go onto either one of those websites. You can sit there at your desk and listen while you are at uh, work. But the Gary Nolan Show happens to be my dad's favorite show. He's probably tuning in right about now, the end of my show, uh, the end of our show. Oh, uh, here's Gary. He's like, hurry up, Brandon, hurry up. Yes, Dad. Stephanie, what do you got for leftovers? Well, our local elected officials got sworn in, and I know uh, I had seen a lot of hype from Kip Kendrick, who will be the new Boone County presiding commissioner. And three days ago on Twitter, he said, after three years, COVID finally caught up with me and my family. We're doing well, but the Saturday swearing-in plans have changed. So then he posted a photo of him. It looks like getting sworn in from his front porch. Uh, And so, you know, we're still kind of feeling the after effects of COVID, and I'm sure uh, that was not super fun uh, for Kip Kendrick, but he is now officially the Boone County presiding commissioner. Uh, Katie Hobbs was getting sworn in. She is now the governor after the contested race in Arizona. She is now the governor of uh, Arizona. By the way, she did this. There's no press. Nothing there. He's kind of did it in front of no one and then had maybe it's just me. But I'm not quite sure what's happening here. When she giggles, when she's giggling about swearing to uphold the Constitution. I, Kathleen Marie Hobbs, I, Kathleen Marie Hobbs, do solemnly swear. Do solemnly swear. Solemnly swear that I will support the Constitution. Stop it, Mom. <laughs> so I don't know what was going on there. And it would be nice if there was a reporter to be there and say, what was going on? What she's laughing, doing a swearing in, I'm guessing this. When you got swore in for your office, did you giggle and laugh and all that good stuff? No, there were a whole bunch of people. And I think I'm getting sworn in again. I filed to uh, be an alder woman again, and I think I'm unopposed. I haven't officially gotten confirmation on that, but I believe that's the case. Uh, so I thought that was kind of interesting for left uh, leftovers. Oh, by the way, Mizzou men's basketball team, they are ranked. I thought there would have been high. Did you think they would be higher than 20? And I get it, it's their first ranking of the season. But I thought after an impressive 12-1 record, a couple of wins over ranked opponents, one of them a blue blood program, I thought they'd go higher than 20. What about you? Nah, yeah, I thought about right. I'm, I'm amazed. You know, <laughs> Mizzou yeah. gets no respect. Yeah. Uh, what about you? You get anything in your refrigerator? Our buddy, uh, the McCluskeys. Missouri judge ruled the pardon from the governor doesn't mean Mark McCluskey and Patricia McCluskey, who waved the guns at the protesters, get their guns back, at least according to the St. Louis judge. Right, Mark, he was just, was it last week, a couple of weeks ago? He was here on the show a couple of weeks ago. Anything mm-hmm. else? Showing off his other guns. <laughs> <laughs> There's a great Twitter photo. Stefan covered this on Twitter. He's like got his shirt. 
dude's what, 60-something? I think he was celebrating a 60th, right? 60th birthday. Yeah. And he's posing, shirt off. And, Looking really fit. Uh, we had it enlarged. It's hanging up here in the studio now. Oh, no, we don't. Uh, today, uh, Missouri is set to execute uh, an inmate, and uh, it's the nation's first openly transgender inmate to be executed. So I suspect we will see that in nationwide headlines today. Yeah, it's even made Al Jazeera and BBC, too. Uh, because Talk about this. Uh, <laughs> what's that? Straight across the board, I guess, you know. I mean, we're an equal opportunity state here. And that's the thing, because, and I've heard, and there's a lot of people that are saying, well, we shouldn't do this because we're just against the death penalty, and that's fine. My, my take on the death penalty, yeah, maybe it's time we do away with it. Not because of moral issues, but because it's more expensive to sentence somebody to die than it is to have them do their, their life in, in, in prison. But there's some people saying, well, you can't execute him or her because they're, they're transgender. And that's the thing I want to say, but I'm afraid I'll be accused of being a smartass. Well, you want equality, man. We'll accuse you of that regardless of what you say in the next two minutes. Uh, it's better than being called a dumbass, so I'll say that. Uh, and I say, but you want equality and you want it to be treated like everybody else with no... So why is this any different? I don't know. All right, uh, coming up, Gary Nolan's show, always a real treat when he is here. And then tomorrow, of course, we'll be back.